Hello everyone and welcome to the Three Ball. I am your host Sam and in today's podcast we are going to be doing an off-season guide for the Philadelphia 76ers. If you don't know how these off-season guides work, I basically use the logistical outlook for a team as well as their player personnel in order to give them advice on what I believe they should do this off-season as well as I believe what or as well as what I believe they might do this off-season rather than what they should do. Sometimes there's a line, but never mind, that's not the point here. But the the order in which we're doing teams is, now that we've reached teams that have made the NBA playoffs, we're going based on time that the team got eliminated. So today is the Philadelphia 76ers, the 12th team that got eliminated from the NBA playoffs. The final team to get out of the second round was the 76ers after they lost in 7 to the Celtics. I'm going to get more more into that series later. A quick FYI before this podcast starts, I am recording this on Sunday, June 11th, so a lot of my information may be old. Y'all are probably getting this on, I don't know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I don't know when y'all are getting this, but I am recording this on Sunday, June 11th, so it is definitely pre-recorded a a nice long way. That's because I fly out tonight to go on vacation, so yeah, that'll be fun. I still gotta get a couple podcasts to you while I'm on vacation, but y'all will notice the, 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 the microphone difference. And this is the last podcast I'm going to record with this microphone since un- until I get back to Ethiopia in August. But let's go ahead and waste no more time and move right on into this 76ers off-season guide. So for those of you listening on YouTube, there will be a spreadsheet popping up on your screen right now. For those of you listening elsewhere, I will explain this spreadsheet. And, 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 and the spreadsheet has, has the logistical information for the 76ers for this upcoming season. And the first thing on this on this spreadsheet is the depth chart with contract links. So the point card position, the Philadelphia, the Philadelphia 76ers start James Harden. He has one year left that has a player option. So if he declines that player option, he can become a free agent this offseason. Behind Harden is Shake Milton, a free agent this offseason. Behind Milton is Tyrese Maxey. He has one year left until he becomes a restricted free agent. And then behind Maxey is D'Anthony Milton. He has one year left. Starting as shooting guard is Tyrese Maxey. Behind him is D'Anthony Melton. And behind Melton is Furkan, Furkan Korkmaz. He has one year left on his contract. And behind Korkmaz is Jaden Springer. Two years left, including a team option before he becomes a restricted free agent. Starting at small forward is Tobias Harris with one year left on his deal. Behind Toby is Daniel House Jr. One year left on his contract. Behind House is Jalen McDaniels, a pending free agent this offseason. And then behind McDaniels is Korkmaz. Starting at power forward is P.J. Tucker. He has two years left, including a team option. Behind Tucker is George Niang. He's a free agent this offseason. Behind Niang is Paul Reed. He's a restricted free agent this offseason. And then behind Reed is Jalen McDaniels. And then the last position is obviously the center position. And starting at center is Joel Embiid. He has four years left, including a player option on his deal. And then behind Embiid is Montrezl Harrell. He has one year left, including a player option. So if he declines that option, he can become a free agent this offseason. And then behind Harrell is Paul Reed. And then behind Reed is Dwayne Denman, a free agent this offseason. And the next next uh, step in this logistical outlook is the salary cap table for the 76ers. And this salary cap table assumes that all options are accepted and no free agents are signed. So Joel Embiid, he is estimated to make $47 million next year. I, I that, that said it was estimated on the on the league salary cap being at $134 million. And I think that, 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 that his contract likely depends on like, he probably has a percentage of, of, of the salary cap. That would be my guess. 
that, that that's my guess for how that works. But he's estimated to make $47 million. Tobias Harris will make $39 million next year. James Harden will make 36 if he accepts that option. P.J. Tucker, $11 mil. De'Anthony Melton, 8 Furkan Korkmaz, 5 Tyrese Maxey, 4 Daniel House, 4 If Montrezl Harrell accepts, 3 Jane Springer, 2 For a grand total of $159 million on the books with the current players on the roster. And... With the salary cap being projected to be $134 million, this would leave the 76ers with negative $25 million in cap room. On the luxury tax cap being projected at $162 mil, the Sixers would have about $3 million in projected luxury tax room. And the last part of this logistical breakdown is the first-round picks that the Philadelphia 76ers have over the next seven years. This year, they do not have their pick. They traded it away, I believe, in the James Harden trade, and it ended up somewhere else. I don't remember where it ended up. It ended up somewhere else. I don't think it's in Brooklyn. I think it's in Utah because of the Royce O'Neal trade. I'm pretty sure that's what happened, but that's besides the point. In 2024, Philadelphia does have their own draft pick. In 2025, their pick is top six protected. And if it's not conveyed, it'll be top four protected in 2026 and again in 2027. And that pick was traded to Oklahoma City when when Philadelphia you know contract dumped Al Horford to Oklahoma City. In 2026, Philadelphia has their own draft pick. In 2027, Philadelphia has their pick, but it's top eight protected. If it's not conveyed, it'll be top eight protected again in 2028. But this pick. Like it's it's kind of weird because it has to happen two years after the 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 twenty twenty five pick conveys because of weird you know stipend rule stuff. I don't exactly know how that all works, but it said it was two years after, so kind kind of confusing. But they have a pick that's top eight protected at some point that's not going to be theirs. I think that goes away in the James Harden Brooklyn deal, and then in twenty twenty eight and twenty twenty nine, seventy sixers have their own draft picks, and. That is the logistical breakdown for the 76ers. We're now going to move on to the player personnel outlook for the Sixers roster this offseason. And during the regular season for Philadelphia, they had a good they had a good regular season, but once again they found themselves eliminated in the second round of the playoffs for the third straight year. In 2021, they lost to Atlanta in seven. Last year they lost to Miami, I wanna say in six. I wanna say in six. I don't know if that's right. And then this year they obviously lost to the Boston Celtics in seven. But during that Celtics series, they did give Boston a good run for their money, taking them to seven games. But in that series, Embiid and Harden were extremely inconsistent. Two of Philadelphia's three wins happened when James Harden had 40 plus points. All the other games that he had, all all the other games in the series, he had less than 20. So he either had less than 20 points or he had 40 or more points. It's it's an interesting thing for James Harden in that series. The games that Philadelphia did win, or the, the 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 singular game that Philadelphia did win when Harden had less than 20, and B had 33, but Max, he was the one who stepped up. He elevated himself to score 30 points in that game. And for the majority, I, I know I know Embiid gets a lot of hate for the last game, but for the majority, he missed game one. Game two wasn't great, but the other games were all pretty good. So for the majority of the series, Embiid was not bad. He was not, I mean, he well, maybe was an MVP level, but he was not bad. But game seven was, was simply put atrocious. Atrocious for an MVP. 15 points on 5 of 18 shooting? Yikes, that's just completely unacceptable, especially for a center, bro. 5 of 18 shooting for a center? Pretty, pretty trash. Philadelphia, I, I I mentioned this earlier, Philadelphia only won their games versus the only games they they, they they beat Boston in were games where either Harden or Maxey played really well. Like If Harden or Maxey did not play well or, you know, didn't have one of them, you know, really step up, Philadelphia lost. And 
although, although you want, you know, you're like, oh, Harden and Maxi have to play well. You know, they have to do this. They have to do that. We need them really badly. Joel Embiid should be able to win games on his own, right? He should be able to capture some games by himself. The best players in the league can do that. They can have a game where their second or tertiary stars are not playing well, and they just come out there and win the basketball game because they have the motivation to. That's what Joel Embiid should have done in Game 7. You saw that's what James or Jason Tatum did. Jason Tatum said, Hey, we are not losing this game. I am the best player on this basketball court, and we are not losing this game. And what did he do? He won the dang game for him. You look at Game 7 in the, um, uh, in the, um, uh, what series? Sorry, the, the, the Golden State series against Sacramento. Stephen Curry had 50 points. He said, we are not losing this series. The best players in the league can win by themselves. I mean, obviously, you need help to, to win a championship, but you but like the best players are the ones who have to step up when it matters most. Embiid failed to do that. Like, if, if, if Embiid came out and had 35 points in Game 7, no one would be hating on him. No one would be hating on him. People would be bullying James Harden for not having a good series. And now, because Philadelphia did lose... That series, they're, they're kind of at a crossroads, right? They either lose James Harden and they're going to be in some sort of trouble, you know, at least roster construction-wise, or they get him back and they and they place him into a fairly similar roster but with a new coach in Nick Nurse. And I think the Nick Hurt Nurse hire is pretty good, you know? He won a championship in 2019 with a roster that was okay. It was not like a oh, dang, this is a really, really good roster. It was a good roster, don't get me wrong. You had Kawhi Leonard, you had Kyle Lowry, you had Pascal Siakam, you had, you had OG Ananobi, I do believe. You had Norman Powell. You had a pretty, you had Marcus Gasol, Serge Ibaka. I mean, you had a pretty good team there. But they weren't, they, they were not, sure, the Warriors got hurt, okay? The Warriors got hurt. But it, even even the, the, the Raptors-Philly series in, 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 that, in 2019, bro, you had the Kawhi shot. Philadelphia had... A stacked team. They had good Ben Simmons. They had uh, they had Jimmy Butler. They had good Tobias Harris. They had Joel Embiid. They had a really good team. I believe they had Tobias Harrison. They have a they had a really really good team. Like they had a really really good team. And though the, the Raptors beat them, obviously Kawhi Leonard deserves a ton of credit. But so does Nick Nurse. So does Nick Nurse. I think that's a good hire for Philadelphia. And going back to to this offseason, Harden is by far and away Philadelphia's number one priority. I don't think there's any question about that. He is the priority, and if they don't get him back, they're going to lose. They're not only going to lose massive values from from their from the trade they made, but they're also going to lose one of the best scorers, you know, of all time. Sure, he didn't score a lot this year, but you know, he's one of the greatest players of all time. He's one of the straight up. He's one of the greatest players of all time, and you will be losing him for for nothing really, and that's not what you want to have happen. Simply put, that's not what we want to have happen. And, and this year, although although Harden's, Harden's scoring decreased, as I mentioned earlier, he was playing with the MVP, right? He's playing alongside the guy who did lead the league in scoring, in Joel Embiid. And Harden complimented, complimented him by leading the league in assists at 10.7 assists a game. James Harden led the league in assists. So he deserves a lot of credit for that. He averaged, I believe, 21.0 points a game this year. I was correct in that assumption. And and th- that's a good year, right? Th- that, that is a good season nonetheless. And, and and Harden this offseason he does have a player option, but it seems like it seems almost certain that he will decline that player option and enter free agency. The question for Philadelphia then becomes are they willing to offer Harden a max? He already took his pay cut. He took his pay cut on this two year deal, right? He took his pay cut this year. Now ch- chances are now that he'll want some sort of long term security bag, you know? That's what he'll want this offseason is what I'm expecting. 
And even though Philadelphia, or, or, or the, the, the question for Harden, the question for Harden becomes, what does he want at this point in his career, right? Let, let, let's, let's take the money out of the equation, okay? Let's take the money out of the, out of the equation. Let's say all teams offer him the same amount of money. What, what would be the determining factors for, for, for Harden? If he wants to be the superstar, go play in Houston. If he wants to be a leader of a team and mentor players, go to Houston. If he wants to be on the best team possible, go to Phoenix. And I, I, none of these answers, I have Philadelphia. I have Philadelphia in front of none of them. But even though I had none of them, Philadelphia is right below each of these. Like, they're, they're right there in each of these categories, I do believe. Because it seems like the biggest, the biggest, you know, players in the James Harden sweepstakes are the Sixers, the Suns, and the Rockets. And, but, but for all of those, for all those categories, I think Philadelphia is right there. They're right there. Philadelphia will allow him to be the secondary star. He's not going to be the superstar, but he will be the secondary star. He is going to have a huge role on this team. And if he were to go to Phoenix, he would be the third player. He would be the third best player, probably, you know? So, Philadelphia is probably better off than Phoenix in that aspect. Also, in, in, in Philadelphia, he can be a leader alongside Embiid. James Harden could become the leader of this team, knowing how Joel Embiid has has you know done done well, or how how Joel Embiid has handled some of the some of the things over the past few years. But Joel Embiid is the MVP, right? He's the MVP. He needs to be the leader of this team. But with respect to James Harden, it needs to be Joel Embiid. But I, I, I honestly, I think <laughs> PJ Tucker has a large role of that too, to be honest with you. But. Harden can still be a leader in in that clubhouse if he's back with if he's back with the Sixers, and he can also mentor guys like Tyrese Maxey, even other guys like a Jaden Springer potentially. Uh, there's guys that he can mentor. He'll have some mentoring opportunity if he wants that at this point in his career, rather than rather than having to go to Houston and do that. And then Philadelphia has also proven that they can get wins. This is a team that can win. But they just haven't been able to get over the top. They've been to Game Seven twice in the second, three times in, in, the, in the second round of the Eastern Conference playoffs in the past five seasons. They're zero and three in those series. They're zero three in those games, but they've made it there three times. And like that, that just shows how close they are. They're they're that close. Maybe Nick Nurse is what they need to take them over the top. At this point, I think they just need something. It doesn't need to be significant. I think it could just. I think it could be as small as a coach. I think Nick Nurse maybe could be what, what takes them over the top. Who knows? Who, who who knows? Honestly, what 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 Philadelphia needs? And, and Doc Rivers may be better. Doc Rivers may have been a better option than Nick Nurse. I don't know. We'll we'll see if though the real test will be if Nick Nurse has a very similar roster. If not, it's gonna be hard to compare the two. But it doesn't sound like uh, going back to Harden. It doesn't sound like Philadelphia plans to offer Harden the max if other teams aren't gonna offer him the max. But in order to keep him around, Philadelphia may be forced to do to do just that. They may be forced to offer James Harden the max contract just to ensure that he does stick around because that is ultimately what Philadelphia wants. You want more than anything to keep James Harden on this roster. That's what's going to keep this team in championship contention, right? It's going to be keeping James Harden on the roster. Otherwise, you know, the whole Ben Simmons tree is just fiddled out, right? You drafted Ben Simmons, okay, number one overall. He was good for a while. You got James Harden out of him. Okay, you're fine. You're happy. But if James Harden leaves, then that, that, that number one overall pick has just basically fiddled out. And that is not what you want to have happen. A quick aside, if y'all hear a, a little bit of feedback, that is because it's raining right now. It was not raining when I started this podcast, nor was it raining the past two hours. But it's raining again. Pretty pretty great. But going back to Harden, <laughs> going back to Harden, um... For the Sixers, like, let's say hypothetically they do lose Embiid, or not Embiid, Harden, luckily the teams that that, that, that are in the running, if, if he does go to, 
to Phoenix or Houston. They're not going to hurt Philadelphia too much. I, I honestly, even if Harden goes to Houston, I'm not. I'm still not going to be scared of the Houston Rockets. They might be a playoff team, a low playoff team, a play-in team, but I don't think they're going to be super duper competitive. I don't think Harden's going to take them over the top with the, with the way the roster is currently. And Phoenix may have to give Philadelphia something back in return because Phoenix is over the salary cap, so Phoenix may have to give Philadelphia something back in a sign and trade since Phoenix may not have the money. Philadelphia could at least get something in return for Harden in, in that type of, of a situation. And in the case that they do lose Harden, the, the, the ideal replacement would be Chris Paul. But it, the, the, here's the complication with that. You don't want to have to trade for Chris Paul and pay him $31 million. You'd rather have Phoenix wave Chris Paul and, you know, wave Chris Paul and then you go get, um, um you, you wave Chris Paul and you get him on a cheaper deal. I think that, that's what, that, that's what, uh, Phoenix, Philadelphia would rather have. <laughs> I'm getting my teams mixed up. I think Philadelphia would rather have him on a cheaper deal, obviously, than have than have to pay him 31 million dollars in a sign and trade. That, that, that's what I think. But the, the the advantages of getting him through trade is that there's no no worries about other teams stealing him from you. If he becomes a if, if Phoenix waves him, then any team can go get him. Right? Any team can go and put in and and go get Chris Paul. And Philadelphia may not be able to. So, yeah, it's it, it kind of give or take there. And worst case, worst case, well, if, if, if Harden leaves and they don't get a replacement, worst case, Tyrese Maxey runs the, runs the point guard, and DeAnthony Melton starts at shooting guard. And that's not a terrible team, because at the end of the day, you do have Joel Embiid, the MVP on the roster. And as long as he can become more of a playoff performer, or at least of a, a, a at least more of a closeout game performer, I should say, this team is going to be perfectly fine. Tyrese Maxey looks to be a guy who can be all-star all-star caliber in his near future. Like you have some you have some things in place where you're almost there. You're you're almost there. But if you can have Tyrese Maxey and James Harden, yeah that that's even better in my opinion. But going back to Tyrese Maxey, Philadelphia has the opportunity to offer him a contract extension this offseason, which is something that they should hundred percent do. Personally I don't think Maxi will be given the max extension, but 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 chances are this this would be what I would think would be a fair deal. If I were if I were giving out this contract, this, or if, if I had to assess Tyrese Maxi's value in in my eyes, this is completely me. I would pay him about thirty million dollars, or maybe down to twenty five. Twenty five to thirty million dollars is what I would offer Tyrese Maxi. But from from what I was reading, it seems like Philadelphia is. Uh, or at least the the minimum that Philadelphia would extend Maxi for is 35 mil for five years, 35 million a year for five years. Is what I'm trying to say, but like that that's pretty that's pretty excessive, don't you think? That's kind of crazy. But at the end of the day, Tyrese Maxi is a guy who does deserve a, a pretty big extension for his play. He is a good basketball player, and he and he seems to be like I said, an all star or an all star caliber player. But I don't know if $35 million or more is really the, the value for Tyrese Maxey. That, that's my take on it. But who knows what Maxey and his party think. Who knows what Philadelphia thinks. It, yeah, who knows, who knows. That, that's really all I can say. And then another offseason ob- objective, or other offseason objectives for the 76ers team probably lies with their upcoming free agents that are leaving the team, and those guys are Shake Milton, Jalen McDaniels, George Niang, Paul Reed, Dwayne Denman, and Montrez Harrell's player option. And the most important out of these guys, I think, are clearly George Niang and Paul Reed. And if Philadelphia can, I'll start with Niang, if Philadelphia can, they should do all they all they can do to, to keep George Niang around. 
He's an efficient stretch forward. He really only takes threes. If you look at his, if you look at his shot attempts this past season, he took 6.4 a game. 4.9 of them were three-pointers. So he basically only shoots threes. But if you look at his efficiency from three, it's really good. 40.1% from three. That's really good for a forward. That's really... Oh, dang. It's, it's raining hard. I don't know if y'all can hear that thunder. That was crazy. But, like... The, the, the value that Niang has is, is pretty significant because he is that stretch forward. He's not a great defender, but that's okay. He can come in and just shoot the ball really efficiently. Even even when some of the better players are in the game, like, stretch players can play with a lot of, like, how do I word this? If a player can't really shoot threes, it's, then they could be a liability with other players who can't shoot threes on the court. I'm not saying that Philadelphia has that, but, for example, if you put... If you put, I'll talk about Paul Reed in a second. If you put George Niang and Paul Reed on the court together, you're going to be fine, right? But, uh, let, let me, mm, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but, I, I, I do know what I'm trying to say, I just don't know how to say it. What I'm trying to say is, if you have a shooter, it doesn't really matter who you pair them up with, because they can shoot, they can stretch the floor. If you have a non-shooter, especially at a forward position, when, when the center's the one who probably can't shoot, it might get a little bit more tricky. So, George Niang is really, really valuable because he can play with whatever center that Philadelphia ends up with next year if it's not, you know, if, if they do... F what I mean is for a backup from Joel Embiid. Obviously, Joel Embiid is a shoot... is, is, is the center, and he can shoot the ball, too. That, that was that was kind of... That, that was a bad way of phrasing things, but hopefully y'all understood what I was trying to say. But if, if Philadelphia can, they should do all they can in order to keep George Niang. If you can get him on, like, an $8 million type of deal, that's perfect. I don't know if they can get him on that, but if you can, that is perfect. I think he will have value from other teams, though, who need that stretch forward. But I think that Niang has a pretty solid role here in Philadelphia. And if, if Philadelphia can control it, they're going to try to keep him. And then moving on to Paul Reed, he's a restricted free agent. So if Philadelphia wants to, they could easily keep him by matching other teams' offers. And I don't think that those offers would get passed more than like 6 or $7 million. I think they can get Paul Reed back on a pretty cheap deal as well. And he's just a valuable backup forward slash center who plays consistent basketball, and he rebounds really well for his size. He's a six foot nine power forward center, and he, re rebounds the re he rebounds the ball really well. There's really no reason to let him walk if, if, you know, if Philadelphia can help it. And the, the other free agents, probably the next most important one, is Shake Milton. And if Philadelphia can keep Shake Milton on a decent contract, they should try to do so. But if he does leave, I don't think the Philadelphia is going to be losing too much sleep over it. I don't think they're going to be too upset. Same kind of goes for Jalen McDaniels and Dwayne Denman. I think you care about those guys slightly less. I think Jalen McDaniels, Jalen McDaniels might be on the same might be on the same level as Shake Milton, to be honest. But Dwayne Denman, I think you'd be fine letting him walk. You signed him for like less than a million dollars this year. So I, I think if he if he goes, you're kind of like, oh well. And as for Montrez Harrell, he lost his minutes at the end of the year. He, he sort of lost them, which isn't really a good sign. So th that 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 would you know lead that would lead one to believe that that he'll decline his player option. But there's a chance that he may not earn this type of money anywhere else. You know, the the, the lifespan of centers in the NBA is, is the shortest out of any position. We've even seen it with guys like Andre Drummond, right? All-star in Detroit. His career slowly takes a downhill, and now he's just a backup. Montrezl Harrell goes from this, you know, fiery... Not, not that he's not fiery anymore, but just this fiery sixth-man-of-the-year candidate. I don't know if he ever won. He may have won it one year for the Clippers. And now he's just kind of this okay sort of backup type of a center. So I, I think that he'll decline that player option and go somewhere else. But his value, like, he may not have a ton of league-wide value, is what I'm trying to say. So it might be wise for him just to stick around in Philadelphia, or he'll at least be on a competitive team. 
and other free agency priorities other than the their free agents. I, I don't think they're going to be able. They don't, they're not going to be able to bring in a ton of free agents in the in the, in the offseason. The most important one, if they can, would be Chris Paul. I don't think I don't know if they're going to be able to do that though. The other free agency priorities should include trying to get an extension worked out with Anthony Melton. We already talked about an extension with Tyrese Maxey, but Philadelphia should also try to do one with Anthony Melton. He did really well in his first season in Philadelphia, 10.1 points a game, 4.1 rebounds, 2.6 assists, 1.6 steals, which was good for like top 5 in the league. And if you look at his minutes, he played 27.9 minutes a game. The guys who were over him, I didn't really check. I saw, I know OG and Anobi's number 1. But I, I would guess that, that, that D'Anthony Melton plays less minutes than some of those guys. So that's really impressive that he was able to be top five while not playing as, probably not playing as many minutes as the other guys. And he did all this on 39% three-point shooting. D'Anthony Melton was really, really valuable this year. As a Grizzlies fan, I do kind of miss him. But I think it was his time out of all the guys on the roster to go. But it is what it is, right? And trade-wise, if Philadelphia wants to make a trade this offseason, trade-wise... They would look to trade Tobias Harris more before they look to trade any other players, I think. I think Tobias Harris is the next guy to go, but I think it's unlikely that, that many teams want his $39 million contract unless it's the situation of a contract dump. And if you do that, you're not really going to get many good pieces in return. And, I, and plus, I think that Tobias Harris is worth more than just a contract dump. I still think he's a pretty solid player in this league. Is he what he used to be three or four years ago? Probably not, but he's still a good, valuable basketball player that I think, you know, teams would like to have, but not like to have for $39 million. And as I've been saying, although Harris is a good player, he's not, he's 100% not worth near $39 million. I think he's probably more of a $20 million player, maybe a little bit more than that, but $39 million is crazy. So I think that Philadelphia is going to look to unload that that, that contract this offseason, even though he's going to be a free agent next offseason. If they can, you know, if if they can find a good deal, they'll 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 do it. Otherwise, just hang on to him. Just hang on to him because he's gonna be a free agent next offseason. You could pay him less than, or you can let him walk. But if you do plan to let him walk, might as well get something out of him while you can. As long as you don't have to give up like a first round pick to dump him to San Antonio or something. That that'll be the only thing that would prevent prevent you from from doing you know a trade to get some sort of value out of him. Because at this point, you just want to clear that money, right? You just want to clear that money. That that might open up money to go get free agents if they do it early enough. Just just clearing that money would be beneficial for for a bunch of reasons. It would make next offseason pretty easy. But next offseason, they already have a ton of free agents, so they they could let them go if they have to. But who knows what Philadelphia is looking to do? And th- that's most of the stuff that I wanted to talk about uh, for for Philadelphia. In recap. They need to do everything in their power to retain James Harden, or at least to get something back in return for him. James Harden is an all-star. He was not an all-star this year, but we all know that he's an all-star type of player, even if he's not the superstar that he used to be in Houston. I don't think if he goes back to Houston, he's a superstar still. I think he's probably an all-star, but he's not a superstar. And if, if you're Philadelphia, if you losing James Harden would just hurt. I, I think you would sign him more in the fear of losing him rather than the, the value of keeping him, because if you lose him... This team is going to be set back. That's what I. That's what I honestly think, because we've seen that Joel Embiid cannot do it himself. He he simply put can't do it himself. Sure, he was doing it with Ben Simmons earlier, but Ben Simmons is about the most unselfish player, <laughs> about the, about the most unselfish player you can play with, and he still couldn't lead the team past the Atlanta Hawks. It's still crazy they lost to Kevin Herter, bro. <laughs> they lost to Kevin Herter and the Atlanta Hawks. That was, that was a crazy game seven. I remember watching that one, but that's besides the point. Philadelphia needs to do everything they can to retain James Harden to keep him on this roster so that they can 
still go forward with this with with the current look of this team. Otherwise, it's going to be difficult because they're not going to they they won't have any money. They won't have any money with or without James Harden. So they're they're going to be in financial without James Harden. They might have they they'll actually have money without James Harden, but it won't be a ton of money. It won't be like a ton a ton of money, but they will have some money. They will they will have some money to spend if they want to. But they need to hang on to him at all possible. I think I've I think I've emphasized the fact that they need to keep him enough. And if they do lose him, they need to look to replace him with a Chris Paul. And if not, you try to get another point guard. I don't know what that would look like. But you know, if there's still not anything, or if the best option is just a backup point guard, you can just start Tyrese Maxey at the one, and you can just start DeAnthony Melton at the two. Melton started a lot of games this year when when Maxie was out. Maxie didn't start a lot of games either. So Maxie and Melton sort of flip-flopped anyways. Melton started 58 out of the 77 games he played. So he started a lot this year. He got a lot of experience there. So I don't I don't I don't not trust his starting abilities. I think that's what I'm trying to say. So you can you can rock with Maxie and Melton in the backcourt if you have to. Um, speaking of Maxie and Melton, they both should also receive contract ex- extensions in the offseason if Philadelphia can work out a fair deal for both of those guys. I don't think that Tyrese Maxie should receive more than 30 mil. Looks like he will. Shout out to him. I don't think he should, but if he can do that, he's earned it. I, I think he should start at like 25 mil, and maybe that increases to 35 mil. That that's just me though. Who knows what who knows what Philadelphia is thinking? Who knows what Tyrese Maxey and his and his party is thinking? I th- yeah yeah yeah. And then DeAnthony Melton, I think you can get him back for ten to fifteen mil probably, and that'll be good a good fair price for him. And then the last thing in free agency for the Philadelphia 76ers, evaluate their current free agents and make sure to bring back the most important ones. Not, uh, I said I almost said Nas Reed, Sheesh. George Niang and Paul Reed, and then also look for Tobias Harris trades if possible. You know, if, if there's one that's not a contract dump that works out, go ahead and pull the trigger on it because you might as well get value out of him while you can if if you don't plan on bringing him back after next offseason. Plus, that would clear a lot of money from the books. N- not not a bad idea there. But that is going to do it for this Philadelphia 76ers offseason guide. If y'all did enjoy it, make sure to show support on whatever streaming service you're listening on. Thanks so much for listening, and until next time, I'm out.